ever had a red light camera ticket? That's good. Churches are for sinners. That's good. Yeah, me too. I don't have enough hands for those things, right? Right? I, I, I've got this. I mean, I know, I know some of you, might, my daughter will probably say this is pathetic, but, but I never pay those online. I always send them a check, and I write highway robbery in the memo. It's just, I, I just, I'm sorry, I've got to make my... Yeah, you know, I gotta make my point. It may be irrelevant and pathetic, but it's like I feel as if I gotta make my comment, right? So let me ask you another question. Raise your hand if you ever talk to yourself. Right. Not crazy people here. So, yeah, isn't it? You know, sometimes, sometimes my wife will kind of come into the room and I didn't hear her coming, and she'll say, "Were you talking to yourself?" And I say, "No, of course I wasn't." Okay, I didn't say I'm perfect, I'm just forgiven, all right? So it's a lie, but it's like, no, of course I wasn't. But the, but the fact is that most of the talking to ourselves that we do, and those of you that didn't admit to doing it, that's just wrong, all right? Uh, but, but most of the talking to ourselves we do is not the talking to ourselves we might do out loud occasionally. It's what goes on in our heads. And that can be, you, you, you know, inside your own head can be the most dangerous place to be on the face of the earth, really. It really can. It matters more than we imagine, the things we say to ourselves. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23 says this, Be careful what you think, because your thoughts run your life. That's a, a huge statement, isn't it? Be careful what you think. Because your thoughts run your life. We actually talked about a few weeks ago when I started this series, we talked about what's called the law of cognition, which runs this way. What you think impacts how you feel, and how you feel then influences what you do. Think, feel, do. It starts with how we think, but that impacts the way we live. Uh, Dr. Paul Tripp wrote this in a, in a book that he wrote on, on, on controlling our thoughts. No one is more influential in your life than you are because no one talks to you more than you do. The way we think is important. And, and the thing is this, some of us keep talking ourselves into a dark place. And that's why this morning I want to talk about nixing negative thinking. I don't know about you, but, you know, I, I, is the world getting, like, a more negative, nastier place? Or, yeah, or, or it's, not, it's not just my interpretation. It seems to be becoming a way more negative place, like chronic negativity is like a poison that's really impacting people and, and really causing a lot of the mental health issues that are all around us. But the thing is this, negativity is not just a practical problem. Negativity really is a spiritual problem. And the solution to negativity is a spiritual solution, which is what I want to come to in a while and share with you this morning. There are two key truths to start off with. I want you to just to think about. Number one, your thoughts have incredible power. 
Your thoughts have incredible power. Think, feel, do. Your thoughts have incredible power. And then the second is this, and this is the one you've got to grasp. You have incredible power over your thoughts. Your thoughts have incredible power, but you have incredible power over your thoughts. Now the truth is your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. But the good thing is you don't need to live as a victim of your thoughts. With God's help, you can actually guide your thoughts, choose what you think about. And that's important because how we think determines how we live. So you say, well, what, what, what psychology book do you get that from, Rog? I don't read psychology books, okay? I actually got that from the Bible, okay? So here's the thing. Here's, in Romans chapter 8 and verse 5, it says this. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. So those who live caught up with the things, you know, with the, with the ordinary things of life and, 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 and with desires that perhaps are good, where do those come from? They come from minds that are set on those things. If your mind is set on the flesh, you live according to the flesh. Think, feel, do. But then here's what it goes on to tell us in Romans chapter 8. Verse 5 says this. Those who live in accordance with the Spirit, how do they do that? Why do they do that? They've got their minds set on what the Spirit desires. So where our thoughts are set, where our thoughts are focused, where we train our minds to go is going to determine the way we live. And that is really important because in the next verse, verse 6, it says this. The mind governed, <coughs> excuse me, the mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. That's a big one. If our thoughts are governed by God, what's going to come about is life and peace. If our thoughts are governed by the everyday things of the world around us, and totally taken up with that, what's going to come out of that are things that lead to death. And if you're here today or listening with us, watching us online this Sunday morning, and you find yourself today hurting or broken, discouraged on a regular basis, I just want to ask you the question, could it be that your mind is set on everything else in life, but God is out there on the fringe. Because when your mind is set on God, you'll find life and peace. Nixing negative thinking. So, so let me just talk. Let me just talk about. It. I did read this stuff out elsewhere than the Bible, and uh, I, I, want, I want to just talk about understanding negativity. Because the fact is, most of us have, human nature tends to have endowed us with 
a bias towards negativity. So we tend to go towards the negative. Neuroscience tells us that negative events imprint on our brains more quickly and they linger longer than positive ones. So something bad, something tragic, something unfortunate happens or we hear about it, it hits our brains and it sticks longer than positive ones do. I mean, what do you think spreads faster on social media? Good news or something negative? Or, or look at any news app, a news story, and see which ones are at the top of the screen there and take a look at that. And, and is that going to be the negative ones or the positive ones? I heard that in journalistic world, they say if it bleeds, it leads. So like nasty stuff is what people jump to straight away. And you know, many of us could identify with that, you know. Folks may say, you know, you interact with a whole bunch of people here this morning and, and, and they're all positive and then one person kind of seems to look at you the wrong way. And, and, and suddenly that ruins your whole morning. What it, what's the matter with them? What's up with them? What, what did I do to them? What's, why are they upset with me? Right? Come on. Right? The preacher's telling the truth, folks, right? Right? So it's so, it's so, we can get so, hey, happens to preachers too. You can have a, you know, we can, you can have a great Sunday and, and then there's kind of just one person who makes some comment to you that's a little bit off the wall and that can totally throw you. Because negativity is something that we tend to fly to easily. And, and you know, if we dwell then on the negative and become chronically negative, you, you get stuck in a negative loop where that becomes the way you are and the way you think and the way you act. Romans 8 verse 6 again, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. All right, so, so a lot of us kind of, we spend time Online, we read stuff, we look at stuff, we right, we see stuff, and 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 here's here's the thing, here's the thing, we see a lot of negative stuff, right? Right, there's a lot of negative stuff over there, and 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 if you look online, you know, people, it's because people say things online they'd never say to people face to face, and so some of it can get nasty, and some of it can get really really sort of stuff that really stirs you up in, 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 in the wrong kind of way. And, and the truth is, not just on social media, but so much that you hear about the news is, is negative. And it's mainly because we don't hear the news nowadays. We hear, we, we, we hear cable companies' interpretation of the news and what they want us to think and believe and feel. And so it comes across with their spin, and it comes across very often with an aggression. Did you ever, did you ever watch, I, I, I think it's, it's New York to some degree, but if you watch some of the network news readers, it's like they read at 90 miles an hour, right? And, and if you look, you start one of the TV news programs, I don't watch much of them, but they will also, the newscasters always starts with a dead serious face. Breaking news as we come on the air tonight. A cat has been lost for three days. 
Now, I'm sorry if a cat was lost for three days. I mean, you know, I think dogs are God's special creation, but that's another issue altogether. I just alienated the people who weren't Cowboys fans, but you love your cat. But anyway, um, but it's like they try to almost drag you into an emotional experience. That's what we live among. That's what we live with and can be influenced by. And sometimes we've got negative people who take up a lot of space around us as well. And all the time you're interacting there. You know what's happening? You, you are creating what we, 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 we looked at in week one, we, what's called negative neural pathways. What you're doing is you're wearing this well-worn road in your brain down the negative road. So, and your mind's going to that much easily go down that road that's been prepared. And everything we listen to and take in that's negative, it just sweeps the road for us and makes it all the more clear for us to go down that road. And, and the key here to nixing negative thinking is to turn ourselves and create a new path. To stop our minds going down those roads. Because the mind governed by the flesh is death. The news you watch, the shows you see, the lyrics to the music you play over and over again and think, they're okay, it's just a song. The social media that you consume the people who have your ear, they all create an inner script that can push your life into a negative place. Your thoughts have incredible power. But you have incredible power over your thoughts. Okay, I want to go a little further here and I want to just look at negativity to help you identify why at different times we are all prone to it. So psychologists agree that there are generally four main areas of negativity. Now what I want to do just now is I want to run through these four and I want you to listen and I want you to identify the one that most frequently applies to you. Okay? You might listen to them all and say, Roger, I'm all four. I'm hopeless. No, 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 just pick one, okay? Pick one, all right? But, but, but I, want you to listen, I want you to listen to these, right? So firstly, there is relational cynicism, it's called. Basically, that's a distrust of people and of their motives. You don't trust anybody. They're going to take advantage of me. Everybody's out for themselves. Everybody's like this. Everybody's like that. I don't trust anybody. Okay, so that's relational cynicism. You don't have a good view of anybody. You don't trust anybody. That's one aspect of negativity. Another is what's called negative filtering. Negative filtering is if you are a person who always seems to see what's wrong. And you always find the worst possible outcome. So the school bus is five minutes late arriving back in the afternoon and in your head now, it's turned over somewhere <laughs> and there is this horrific scene. Okay. 
or you texted me and I didn't reply within two minutes. And you think, why didn't he answer? Is he upset with me? Was there anything wrong with that text? Let me read back through it again. Did I use any bad words? It's like, or, or, or even something simple. You go someplace that's nice or you go on vacation, but, but you immediately find what's wrong with it. You're going to do a restaurant and you find what's wrong with it. My family are sitting over there saying, yes, dad. No, I just like to sit where I want to sit in a restaurant. That's all. We won't go there. Or you meet someone and you chat with them and then somebody says, they're nice, aren't they? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> Negative filtering. So there's relational cynicism. I don't trust anybody. There's negative filtering where you always run towards what's bad. And, and then there's what's called absolute thinking. All or nothing. Black or white. If a man hurts you, all men are bad. If a woman upsets you, lies to you, all women are liars. If you disagree with somebody about an issue, that person's no good. Right? And, and that actually, we see more of that type of thinking in the last year or two than I've seen in the whole of my lifetime. And if you don't believe me, ask Tony Dungy. Tony Dungy went to the March for Life a week or two ago. And because he spoke at March for Life and stood up for the unborn, there were those who were going after his job at NBC as a football analyst and commentator. They didn't want him anymore. They wanted NBC to throw him out. They didn't. It's like, if you don't believe everything I believe, you're done and you're finished. That's the way the world is nowadays. But we must make, for, we must make sure we don't fall into that trap of absolute thinking. You can't write people off. And then the fourth area of negativity is blaming. It's always somebody else's fault and I am the victim. And you may have been the victim. Next week we're going to come to what I think is, is, is going to... We, we're going to feed you a real good breakfast to start the day next Sunday because I think it's going to be the heaviest of the teachings I've done in this series. I want to talk about surviving trauma. So I'm coming on to that next week. If you know anyone who needs to hear that, I want to really encourage you. Next Sunday would be a good Sunday for them to be in church. Now here's the thing. You may have been a victim of something, something terrible, but you don't need to live as a victim. You are not a victim today. You've still got life. God's still got plans for you. But so often, we can get into a mindset where we blame others all the time. You know, I'd never got a chance. If I'd had the opportunities they had, if I'm... And, and so, a part of negative thinking is, is, is that we, we look upon ourselves as having had the short end of everything all of our lives. So, there are those four things that define... And I don't know if you were listening through and maybe you would identify, that's the one that I'm kind of most prone to at this point in time. So let's go on to the positive spin from this now. Can you change? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Can you shift from a chronically negative mindset 
to a, one that's full of faith and reflects the heart and the character of God? Yes, you can. Can you turn your thinking patterns around? Yes, you can. In, in Romans chapter 7 and verse 24, the Apostle Paul is talking about some of the battles that he still has within himself. And here's what he asks. He says, what a terrible predicament I'm in. Who will free me from my slavery to this deadly lower nature? Who can free me from this? And the next verse comes back with the glorious answer. And here's what it says. Thank God it has been done by Jesus Christ our Lord. He has set me free. Amen. Praise God. Can I get free from this negative mindset? Can I get delivered from negative thinking? Thank God it has been done by Jesus Christ our Lord. He has set me free. Yes, it is doable. Yes, it can happen. Now, when I say, can I be delivered, some of you with perhaps church history and, you know, you've got a, a background of years in church may go back to, to, to days when, when I say, can you be delivered? You'd think, well, the answer is that I need somebody to pray for me at the end of service and God's going to set me free from all that stuff. And that may happen and that would be wonderful. But I'm going to tell you this, you can get free of it, but you've got to work at it. Amen. And it's not easy. I'll tell you that too. You've got to work at it. And it's not easy. Now, you, you, you certainly are going to need a little supernatural help from God. But it's going to take some intentional work your end. Because this really matters. Because your thoughts are more powerful than you imagine. Negative thinking is going to impact how you feel and what you do. A positive mindset will impact what you feel and what you do in a far different way. So how do you overcome negativity? Thank you for asking. There's an interesting story in 1 Samuel 30. Honestly, the Bible is worth reading, folks. There's some fascinating stuff in here. The story goes back. Let me give you the background. 1 Samuel chapter 30 um, David and his troops had just got back from battle, right? There's a lot of that stuff in the Old Testament, right? So they just come back from a battle and they tragically discovered that the enemy had burned their homes and kidnapped their wives and their children. So here they are. They came back from battle where things went well and suddenly this tragedy awaits them. And that must have been a very dark day for King David. But it got worse. Because what happened was in response to that, his own men who'd been to battle with him and backed him up and been with him there, his own men dis turned on him and started discussing stoning David. I'm not talking about that in the 21st century meaning of the word. I'm talking about him getting stoned by throwing rocks at him and killing him. But, so they, they, dis, they, discussed, they discussed stoning David. 1 Samuel 30, verse 1. Three days later, David and his men arrived back in Ziklag. Amalekites had raided the Negev and Ziklag. 
They tore Ziklag to pieces and then burned it down. They captured all the women, young and old. They didn't kill anyone, but drove them like a herd of cattle. By the time David and his men entered the village, it had been burned to the ground, and their wives, sons, and daughters all taken prisoner. So that's what had happened. Then, then, then verse 4, David and his men burst out in loud wails, wept and wept until they were exhausted with weeping. Which might be where some of you are at this morning. Or close to it. You're hurting so deeply. You're in so much pain. You're struggling with so much anxiety, fear. It says they wept aloud till they had no strength left to weep. Then verse 6, and suddenly David was in even worse trouble. There was talk about the men, among the men, bitter over the loss of their families, of stoning him. David strengthened himself with trust in God. Let, let me quote that there from the King James Bible, which puts it this way. David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Can we just keep that up on the screen for a moment? Could we? David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. When things couldn't possibly get worse, were at their darkest, when negativity must have flooded his mind, what did the king do to turn his thinking around? David encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. How do you shift your mindset from negativity to more positive approach? You do it by encouraging yourself in the Lord your God. I'm not going down that road. You cut off that thought. You cut off that thinking. You don't let yourself dwell on it. And encourage yourself in the Lord your God. Now you say, fine, Rog, what does that mean? Well, again, I'm glad you asked because I'm going to tell you. All right, so, so here's the thing. When it says David encouraged himself in the Lord, it doesn't actually tell us here what he did. But actually there are plenty of other examples of David encouraging himself in the Lord elsewhere that do give us some clues. Psalm 103 verse 1 is David encouraging himself in the Lord. Praise the Lord, my soul. Okay, so let me pause here. So he got a hold of his thinking. He's directing now his soul and saying, hey, soul, praise the Lord. And everything in me, praise his holy name. So David got a hold of his, I was going to say got a hold of his head. Who knows what he did? He got a hold of his head. He turned it around and said, no, I'm not going down that road. I'm not dwelling here. I'm not going to focus on that. I am going to praise the Lord and I'm going to 
bless his holy name with everything that I've got. And then he goes on in Psalm 103 and he reminds himself of everything that God has done for him. And that's how you encourage yourself in the Lord. He says, bless the, praise the Lord my soul, all my inmost being, praise his name. He's forgiven my sin. He's delivered me. He's redeemed my life from destruction. He has healed me. And he reminds himself of everything God is to him and everything God has done for him. And one of the ways you nix negative thinking is you stop yourself from going down that road and you create a different path where you rehearse the blessing of God and the goodness of God and what you've got around you that is going in your direction. And above all of that, you've got a God who cares about you, loves you, and will always be faithful to you. That's how you nix negative thinking. He's, Psalm 103, he's on a tear. Verse 8, the Lord is compassionate. He's reminding himself, changing his thinking. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. David encourages himself in the Lord in Psalm 86, verse 15. But you, Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. God, I hate everybody and my life sucks. But you stop yourself going any further down that road and you turn around and you say, but Lord, you are compassionate. God, you are gracious. You're slow to anger. You abound in love. You are faithful. And you create new pathways in your brain for your thinking to run along. Psalm 145, verse 8. Similar again, same words really over again. The Lord is gracious, compassionate, slow to anger, rich in love. In all of those scriptures, the psalmist is saying virtually the same thing. The Lord is gracious, he's compassionate, he's slow to anger, he's rich in love. David said it again and again. He reminded himself of who God was. He encouraged himself in the Lord. And by the way, you know where David got that from? He heard someone else say it. Or he saw where it was written down. And it, was, it first appears in Exodus 34 and verse 6, where it says this, God passed in front of Moses proclaiming, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love, and faithfulness. You know what David was doing? He was quoting God. Because God said to Moses, hey, I'm compassionate and I'm gracious. I'm slow to anger. I'm abounding in love and faithfulness. Just the things David said in those examples and other places in Scripture where he did it to encourage himself in the Lord. And the way you nix negative thinking is you start to turn your thinking around and, and, and you focus in moments when you could go down at, at a route that would not be profitable, you turn around and you focus on something simple, straightforward, that declares absolute truth. Amen. That's why you need to know the Word of God, by the way. David quoted Scripture because he knew Scripture. But you don't have to know the whole Bible. I mean, I didn't say you shouldn't. 
But you don't need to know the whole Bible. Sometimes what we need is just a verse or two that we're holding on to, clinging on to. But we make that our mantra. We make that our meditation. It's a great thing just to meditate on what God has said. That's a great biblical word. Um, it comes from a root word, which, is, which actually is also the English word ruminate, which is how cows eat. Right? You know how cows eat, right? They, they get the grass and they chew and chew and chew every last bit they can out of it and they swallow it. And then they throw it back up in their mouths. Okay? I didn't say that. Don't blame me. That's what they do. You know that's what they do. It's gross, but that's what they do. Then they chew it again to see if there's a bit more goodness left. Then they swallow it again and they throw it up again. It's like, really? Until they've got every last bit out of whatever they've been eating. And God's okay if we repeat his word over and over and over again to ourselves till we've got every last bit of goodness out of it. Now, here's what I want to do to close things up today. You, you know where I'm saying that when David encouraged himself in the Lord, it, it you know, he didn't recite 95 different scriptures. He quoted one. So what I want to do today is this. I want to give you something which I'm going to call a positive declaration or a positive confession. I want to go back to the four different types of negativity. And if you identified yourself as one or prone to one of those specifically... I want to give you a great statement to make when you're tempted to go down that road. Okay, so for instance, let's, let's, um, let, let's just kind of start this ro rolling if we could. So for, for instance, if you, said, if you said, well, I battle with cynicism, I don't trust anybody. I want you to take a look at this statement. In fact, you know, if you've got your phone with you, of course you've got your phone with you. I, I want to encourage you to take a screenshot. If this, is you, if this is you, take a picture. If you're watching this at home, it should fill your screen. If you're watching it on a phone, it will do. Take a screenshot and take this with you. And let this be your mantra. Meditate on it. Ruminate on it. Put it where you can see it on a regular basis. And keep reminding yourself. If cynicism is, is, is really the negative that tends to impact you most, here's your statement. Can we all read this? With God's help, I will get rid of all bitterness and skepticism. I choose to believe the best about others and be kind, compassionate, and loving. I will love and forgive others as Jesus has loved and forgiven me. Take that with you. That's a different path for your thinking to go down. Now, now if, you, if you're one of the folks whose mind tends to work, run to worst case scenario, negative, negative filtering, I, wanna, I want you to look at this. Again, if this is you, take a screenshot of it. Take it with you. Hey, you can take a screenshot of all four. But take something with you that will help you turn your mind around. If you I don't know if you can see the screen through my head. If you need to move, feel free to, all right? All right, so here's the declaration for those of you that, that negative, negative filtering impacts, all right? Let's read this together. God, by your power, 
I will take every thought captive and make it obedient to the truth of Christ. Because you're good, I choose to think on what's good, right, true, helpful, and worthy of praise. As I trust in you, your peace will guard my heart, soul, and mind in Christ Jesus. Take that with you. If absolute thinking is your thing, you write off everybody who doesn't agree with every detail. Everybody's, everything's going to be black and white or you can't cope with it. Here's a declaration for you, okay? So let's share this together. As Jesus loved and accepted me, I will love and accept others. This is God's word. Rather than always being right, I'm called to always be loving. Rather than just making a point, I choose to make a difference. In humility, I choose to love others above myself. And if the negative direction you tend to go in is that of being a victim, always blaming others, here's the truth that you could declare. Let's read this together. God has given me a life and a mind of my own. By His grace, I will own my choices and choose God's best for me. I've been given everything I need to accomplish everything God wants me to do. In Christ, by His power, by His blood, by His stripes, by His Spirit, I will overcome. I want you to take those with you. Keep it with you. There's always one. Here we go. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, didn't, hear, I didn't even hear who said that, so I wasn't, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just teasing you. Of course we can. Of course we can. Relational cynicism. All right, we're going to put that up there. I tell you what, Danielle, could we just flick through the four again? And, and let's just go, there's one, okay? Then we're on to two. Three, four. And if you wanted those and didn't get them, uh, Danielle's up there by the computer at the back afterwards. I'm sure if you ask her quick, don't talk to 100 people before you get there. She's got stuff to do. But if you ask her quick, she'll put them. Sorry? Oh, they are on our Genesis Church social media too. Okay, so they're over there. But, but however you can, our thoughts are extremely powerful. But we have great power over our thoughts. We don't have to be dragged along in a negative pathway that is going to not only make us feel negative, but lead to acting negative. But what we can do because we've got power over our thoughts is to turn them around. And one way we turn them around is when we start going down a negative road, we turn back and we start to make a positive declaration and a positive confession. Because we don't want to live negatively, right? I want to be loving and kind and full of grace. Because the truth is, you and I have incredible power over our thoughts. The mind controlled 
by the Spirit is life and peace. Let's pray together.